Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah you do. That's the sound of a beautifully made, homemade beautifully iced matcha latte with vanilla almond milk and regular matcha from Target. Nope, Target and Kroger, Kroger and vanilla stevia sweetener and a little bit of water, some ice and tender love and care. Here's a sip. Now that you are very much so confused, hi, my name's Abby Murphy and I am the host of That's Life Pod. This is a podcast dedicated to uh, navigating the transitions of life and how to do it through a Christian lens. Life is hard. There are ups and downs and we are here to talk about all of it today together. But most importantly, how to navigate, go through, figure out these challenges of life in a human body on an evil earth, but how to start with a Christ foundation as Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior, guiding us through and knowing that our purpose and our identity is found in the Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity. Thank you very much, Mike Drop, and that's the podcast. Psych! You thought I was done. We're just getting started. I am at college. What? Year two. I've got another... A little year under my belt so I'm not really it's not really like too shocking like you know it's whatever it's college been here done that blah whatever but I have a lot to update you guys on if you're new here you are supposed to be here you're meant to be here and please do not click off my matcha and I will be very very sad if you click off um but I'm so thankful to have your presence here and you did not just stumble across this podcast you are meant to be here for a reason and I'm so happy that you are here Um, Today, we're going to talk about some of the lesser known stories of the Bible and how God shows his almighty power through them. So I'm going to read three different stories. Um, I've been going through, you can go check out on the podcast Instagram right now, but I've been going through uh, the different Bible stories, um, kind of like in not chronological order, but chronological in the Bible order. There's, There's a Bible and then there's the chronological Bible, which is like when things happened back when they actually happened in order but like the bible bible is like genesis exodus leviticus like the books all in order that's the the chronological that i'm talking about just like the books in order so like the little standout points of books in the bible and blah 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 like noah's ark and the creation story and whatever jonah and the whale and i'm kind of diving back into these stories that we were told as children and uh, rereading them and trying to look at them from a more adult perspective and notice things that I haven't really noticed before. So yeah, uh, with that being said, that's what we're going to talk about today. But if you're new here, I usually start with a life update and then we'll transition into a prayer and then we'll go into the main message. So right now is time for the life update. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life updates are fun. I have a lot to update you guys on. If you know, um, since you're not watching this, I'm not filming because I'm in a dorm and I'm still trying to figure out where I can film. I might do it on my bed. I kind of like the vibe of my bed. Yeah, I actually just decided it's going to be my bed. That's exciting. And then I can do a little room tour. How fun. But the light shines on it. I brought my ring light, so it's like I'll have good lighting from both sides. This is great. I started a vlog, like a move-in vlog, and then I forgot to finish it because it's move-in. Like, it's kind of hard, kind of stressful. But anyways, let me just start from the beginning. So I go to Belmont um, University in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a musical theater major, BFA musical theater. 
I'm a sophomore, 19 years old. I'm going to be 20 years old in September. Ah, crazy. I'm living with four other girls, Emily, Andrea, Caroline, and Sarah. I love them so much. That is that. Um, we just work very well together. Um, I mean, at least we have for the first week. Let's cross our fingers, right, ladies? Ah, funny jokes. Anyways, um, but yeah, we work really well together, and they're like the best friends I've been praying for, so I'm just super excited with that. Um, now it's time to trash them. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to trash them. Um, there's nothing to trash them on. Well, sometimes Sarah likes to give me a little bit of attitude, but it's out of love. Um, anyways, I give her attitude back, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, but that's my living situation. I love them so much and, uh, it's so exciting just to like come into a dorm and know there's going to be someone there that you can talk to. Um, and all of the girls that I live with are super driven in Christ and super driven in their faith. And so I've got to have lots of conversations about like uh, different aspects of Christianity and how it like challenges my life. And then we also talk about like silly stuff, like who our favorite artist is or who, whose farts stink the most or, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I started classes a couple days ago. I've had three full days of classes now and I think I underestimated how much work I was getting myself into. I kind of had a summer of, hey, this is rest. Remind yourself to rest. Rest is good. Rest is really, really good for you and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just forgot like, oh, okay, the world doesn't operate like that. So now I'm trying to find how I can implement this uh, spirit of rest that I've grown to love so much and been grounded on um, spiritually in the fact of like, stillness and finding the father through stillness how can i bring that into a super busy schedule with what i want to do because the lord has given me the desire to want to go into performing and pursue this career but this career is not a career of stillness and it's not a career of calm peace like you always have to have energy and if you don't have energy you're not going to get cast um, and you're going from show to show and work and sometimes double jobs and trying just trying to get through the days sometimes it feels like. So my new challenge, uh, aside from like just school, you know, and learning is how am I going to implement this stillness into the schedule of being a performer? So that's where I am right now with going through the motions of life. Um, had the first rehearsal. I was not pleased with my self at rehearsal, but I also knew I wasn't going to be very good because this is what happens. So I practice my butt off. Like I, I practice my butt off at home and I get really, really confident. And then the moment I get in front of people, my voice gets shaky and I'm cracking all over the place and I'm just super nervous and I get all in my head and then I forget everything I've ever worked on, all the technique. It just all goes out the window. Like you can ask my voice teacher. I will have great technique. Well, my old voice teacher from high school um, has said this, but I don't know how my voice teacher would feel now, but probably the same. Um, two different voice teachers, by the way, just keeping you guys updated. Um, but like I would have awesome technique in the practice room or awesome technique like in lessons. And then I get in front of people and my acting just like takes over and like everything inside me just takes over and I forget all the technique and it just goes out the window. So that is my performing goal for this year. Um, so just honing on that technique but when I got to rehearsal I was just so nervous I knew like I just knew it wasn't going to be my best it's not supposed to be your best it's the first rehearsal you you gotta grow but I've come so far because if this were to happen last year I would have had like a mental breakdown and 
like been so sad for the next couple of days and like cried about it and just been so down on myself. But yes, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, you know, I was like, not my best, but like, who am I trying to impress? I already have the role. I already have a spot in this program and I don't have to impress anyone at all. The only person's approval who I'm seeking in the grand scheme of things is the Lord. So like at the end of the day, like, yeah, I want my professors to be proud of me. I want to do good for my professors. I'm going to work hard because I, I do not feel proud of how I did in rehearsal. Like I don't want that to be my best, but I'm also saying you can't beat yourself up and be this perfectionist of, oh, I messed up and I messed up and blah, 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 blah. It's not a matter of if you messed up, it's a matter of how am I going to grow? Okay, I don't feel good about this, so how am I going to do better tomorrow? Because it's the same thing with Christianity. Like, we sin every day. Okay, don't beat yourself up about it. Ask for forgiveness. The Lord literally provides forgiveness over and over and over and over and over again. How am I going to do better tomorrow? So, uh, yeah, and I didn't down on myself. I didn't go up to people and be like, oh my gosh, like, I can do so much better. I sounded so much better, like, another time, blah, blah, blah. I don't have to prove that to anyone. I don't, I know what I am capable of. I don't have any, I don't have to tell anyone what I'm capable of. I'll show them when I work hard. And if when I want to show them is not when I show them, then I'll keep working until it is shown because I know I have it because I've done it before on my own. I've done it before alone. I don't have anything to prove. And I feel like that's helped me so much coming into this year is like, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. And last year I came back and I, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm a freshman and I'm new and I'm at this music school and everyone's just trying to show their best of the best and everyone's trying to show their best talents and blah, 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 which is normal and it's human. But I went through that. I don't have to do it again. I know how it makes me feel picking myself apart. And I also know the father would never want me to do that. I've set my intentions on what really matters and that's glorifying God. And if glorifying God means cracking it up on stage with my voice, then so be it. Who cares? It was a God-given gift in the first place. If I don't use it for God, what's the point? Anyways, that was a little tangent. Um, Rehearsals are going good, though, from the one that I've had. Because I know I can only go up from here. Anyways, I moved into my dorm. I'm going to describe my dorm for you guys. So, because you can't see it. Um, I have a little window that's not actually a window it's like a window decoration on my wall above my bed it's gray I'm in my minimalist era okay I'm like I don't want anything in my room I just want everything clear I have one pillow and it matches the bedspread and I have Bernard of course if you've been listening you know who Bernard is if you don't know who Bernard is shame on you it's my boyfriend bear anyways I have some drawers underneath my bed and my ukulele and then I have one little side table to put my books That's the only, the table is like the only thing where I throw things because I'll just put my books there. But everything else is like in its place, neat. So then next to my table, I have my desk and on my desk, I have this beautiful vanity and it is just so bright. Then I have my window and then I have a little mini fridge and above my mini fridge, I have a ukulele hanging on the wall. Love her. It's Billy. Her name's Billy. Um, And I have my piano and then I have my closet and that's it. That's all. But the windows in here are gray. The windows in my other 
dorm were like yellow, like gross, like eggshells or something. But these ones are gray, so I like the vibe in here better. It's a little more chic, a little more sassy. But our dorm, like the main living room area, it has a kitchen, but it has this huge window, and we'll just like stare out the window and just like people watch, and it's super fun. Um, but yeah. So that's been the school life. This weekend, I'm babysitting, well, dog sitting my sister's dog because they are at the beach right now. So I'm dog sitting my sister's dog. Um, his name's Boone. We call him Booney Bear. He's so cute. I feel like a little adult because I'm just taking care of the dog, taking him on walks, doing all the things. Um, yeah, I'm just living life. I've been meal prepping. I don't know. Just like adult things. I'm like low-key becoming an adult. Peter's birthday's this weekend. That's exciting. Um, and he has no idea what I have planned, but I'll tell you guys next week what we did, but I can't tell you now because he'll probably listen to this, but I'll tell you next week. So you have to come back next week. That's pretty much it. That's really all I have. So with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and open up in prayer and then we will get on into these Bible stories. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing me to have so much to share on the podcast because I felt like it was kind of getting boring a little bit uh, with my life updates last the last couple of episodes just because, I don't know, I didn't really have a lot going on. So thanks for letting a lot go on in my life. Um, please be with this listener and whatever they're going through and please help this story, these stories, um, whatever these stories are, uh, help them mean something to the person that's listening, at least one, or at least one sentence, or at least one word, or one feeling, um, and help them know that it, it's you speaking to them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're going to start with the, the Bible story that kind of inspired this all. Oh no, I had it all pulled up. Okay, I gotta look it up again. You're just going to hear me typing. Um, I had this all pulled up because I left. So I'm going back and forth between my sister's house because I'm dog sitting and my dorm. So I'm filming at my dorm, but I left my Bible at my sister's house. But so I have, I'm reading off my computer, but it's whatever. It's the Bible. Okay. So this is Balaam. I think Balaam. That's how Sarah says it. Balaam. Um, and this is Numbers chapter 22 verses 21 through 39. This is Balaam's donkey. So I'm just going to read and then we'll talk about it. Uh, verse 21. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey and went with the Moabite officials. But God is very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in, in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Verse 24, Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there were no where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with its staff, with his staff. Verse twenty eight. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, "What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times?" Balaam answered the donkey, "You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now." The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, 
Why have you beaten your donkey three times? I've come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. So I'm just going to preface all these stories by saying like, I am not a theologian, theology, whatever. I enjoy it. I love learning about it, but I don't have enough knowledge to be like, this is this and this is this and blah, blah, blah. And this is the distance and this was the whatever. And this was the time period and blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to tell you guys how I read this and how I interpret it. Um, because I am allowing the Lord to, you know, fill my heart with what I need to feel when I read things like this and hopefully sharing it can inspire someone else. Does that mean it's right? No. Does that mean it's wrong? No. Does that mean that there's a right or a wrong? No. Um, the Bible is interpretational in the fact that these stories can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Now it's not interpretational in like facts that it says or ways of life or choices that we should make morals that we should have. That's not like an interpretation kind of thing. Um, like when the Bible says, wait for marriage to have sex, have sex with only one person. Like, yeah, you can't interpret that any differently, but with stories like this, um, you can kind of, at least I believe you can kind of, everyone has like their own version of how it speaks to them. So this is how it kind of speaks to me. I saw this in a way of like, the the donkey almost represents god in a way i feel like because so often god will steer us away from circumstances that will harm us but we can't see it right so like if god's the donkey we are balaam and the harm was the sword right because the angel had the sword uh, right? Or did, the angel had something. The angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path of the vineyards while someone was to saw the angel, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if he had a sword, but the angel was going to harm them, whatever it was. Um, so, so the donkey was steering clear of the angel, right? But Balaam was so confused and he was like, why, like donkey, this isn't what I have planned. Why are you going the other way? Like, why are you walking away? Like, go back, go back. So he tried again. And the donkey went away again. And Balaam's just getting frustrated that the donkey's not doing what he's saying. But it's like when we tell God how to guide us, it's only going to result in destruction. We're only going to go to that angel. We're only going to go to where we're not supposed to go. And I really like how in verse 30, the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. It's like, God never has failed us before, so why do I continue to, like, doubt him? Why do I continue to be like, oh, well, do you really have me this time, God? He's never not had me. I mean, this story is 100% true. Like, this donkey spoke. Like, not, like it's not a, it's not fake. Like, this stuff is real. Um, 
And it's beautiful that it's put in the Bible. And it may seem silly, like, oh, a talking donkey. Okay, Dr. Doolittle. But, like, no, like, this really happened. And it's told in this way to speak to us, to show us, like, God has us. He is going to have us always, even if we can't see it. And even if it seems like the wrong thing at the time. Like, when you're stuck in traffic on the road and it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be late for this meeting. Like, this is not how this is supposed to go. This is not what I have planned. This is not in my schedule. Okay, well, would you rather be stuck in traffic or would you rather be in the car accident that caused the traffic? Because God could be having you in that traffic because you would have been the one that was going to be in the car accident. You know what I mean? So, like, when there's two options for Balaam to either go or to go around, right? Those are his two options. And the donkey was leading him to go around. The donkey who was trustworthy and who has never failed him before was going around. And yet Balaam said, no, 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 no. Like, my plan's to go straight. But that's the wrong plan, right? Um, and so often we get fixated on, like, this is, this is my way, like, this is my plan for life. This is what I have planned for life. I'm going to school to do this. I went to college to do this. Um, my high school classes like plan for me to do this. My parenting style is like this. My marriage is going like this. My singleness is going like this. Whatever it is, whatever you're doing, like this is my plan. This is my plan. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, God gives us the freedom to choose. He allows us to choose and he allows us to have desires and he allows us to have passions and things we want to work for but if we don't constantly look to him to guide us in that that's when we're going to step into dangerous territory so we have to trust him in at literally every step of the way so that being said that's the first story the second story that i want to talk about which um i'm trying to type and talk at the same time and it's not working um is Moses in the burning bush now this is not one story that's like not as well known I would say a lot like majority of Christians who know the Bible have heard this story um even some that don't read the Bible know the story but um let's just go ahead and just dive into it together and just just read we're just gonna read um so verse this is in Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 through 17 now Moses was tending the flock of Jeth why did I stutter? Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Bidian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Um, yeah, just side note, I may butcher some of these words. Verse two, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Verse five, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the homes of the blah, 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 all of these people. And now, verse 9, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. 
So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? And who shall I tell him? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. So I really love the story of Moses in the burning bush because again, not fictional, reality factual real um and i love the story of moses in the burning bush because it's like uh, a burning bush duh pretty plain and simple of why i like it because god like just literally is like oh let me just set this bush on fire but not like burn it up into flames it's just going to be on fire and i'm going to speak through it so all i can really begin to even think is like what is moses thinking like what like if I saw a bush on fire, I'd just be like, oh, forest fire. And yet there's something about God's presence that compels Moses to listen and compels Moses to be like, oh, this is Jesus. You know what I mean? Because Moses, like Moses had a stutter. Moses was adopted. Moses wasn't this like person who we think is like, this all has this whole perfect life and blah, blah, blah. Like Moses probably struggled with finding his identity and struggled with not being with his, um, blood parents. Um, and you know, I'm not adopted, but I I can't imagine like the struggles because I, I, I'm not adopted, but I'm sure he went through all of the, the struggles that children who were adopted have gone through and, you know, he's grown up and he had pimples and whatever. I mean, same thing as all these Bible people. Like we just see them as, in these glorified stories but at the end of the day like they're people just like us like moses went through puberty right moses had to find hobbies and find passions and whatever and moses maybe moses wanted to be some kind of business thing or seller or create his own whatever i don't know what it was back then like rice business i don't know whatever whatever they were doing and all of a sudden in the switch of an instant after this interaction with talking to to God in the burning bush God tells him to go and Moses goes like that so like when God changes the trajectory and like the direction that you're on you gotta go and you have to respond and he'll tell you like you will know it is the Lord and I felt so many like God tugs in my life that I I know are him and I don't go because it's scary and I don't want to do it. But this is when we have to sit back and really think of like, if God's telling me to do this and I'm dedicating my life to God, if I find my identity in Christ, why am I not doing it? Literally why? Like it's kind of just as simple as that. Like what's the reason? Is it because I'm prideful? Because that was my answer. I was prideful. I thought I could figure it all out on my own. 
But the problem with being prideful and finding pride in your schedule and thinking you can figure it out all on your own is without the Lord, what is there really to figure out? You know, and I'm getting real deep question, rhetorical question here, but like, what am I trying to figure out genuinely? Like, I've got life here and my purpose is to tell people about Jesus. And when Jesus is giving me this sign to go talk to this person or to go do that or to go do that, and I say no, I've got better things to do. I've got a ske- my own schedule to stick to or else I'm going to fall behind in this thing on this earth that won't last for eternity. And yet listening to the Lord will affect my eternity. I'm just putting things into perspective here. And that's what I see from this story is like something as crazy and laughable as a burning bush is so easily accepted by this human being who listens, has fear, but relies on the Lord and goes because he's told to go. So if this is your sign that you need to go, then go. Don't leave the podcast. But I mean like go. You know, go. The last story I want to read is um, the fiery, fiery furnace Bible. Um, No, not pictures of a national park fiery furnace. The fiery furnace. So these are three of my friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're not actually my friends, um, but they're my friends. And basically just to give you a little bit of background, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to worship King Nebuchadnezzar and they didn't because they worshiped the one true God, the Lord, the God of heaven's armies. So this is in Daniel chapter three, and we're going to start at verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, it is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of the gold I have set up. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. If you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be with will be able to rescue you from my hand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and 
other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace was so hot and the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire about unbound and unharmed and the fourth looks like oh i just lost my place oh certainly oh and the fourth looks like a son of the gods verse 26 nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted shadrach meshach and abednego servants of the most high god come out come here so shadrach meshach and abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, perfects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own therefore i decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of shadrach meshach and abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned to piles of rubble for no other god can save in this way so i really love this story like i say about every other story but what i really love about the story is that shadrach meshach and abednego don't know what god is going to do but they know that god provides for them and they know that if they die they're going to be with god in heaven and they know that if they live god's going to show his greatness to king nebuchadnezzar um, but either way they're relying on god they're not relying on him during this hard time and saying i know something great on this earth will happen for me because i'm relying on god they're saying i'm giving my life to the lord and no matter what happens it's supposed to happen because my life is made for the glory of God. And I feel like so often in life, I listened to this in like some podcast somewhere. My, I think it was a Sadie Robertson podcast, but I feel like so often in life, we believe in God and we say, God's going to pull us through. God's going to pull us through. Even I say this with the, with the thought in mind of like, I'm going to get through this. Um, and I'm going to rely on God because I know things will turn out good in the end. But it's almost like, yes, positivity is great and happiness is great. And looking on the bright side of things is what the Lord wants us to do. But our religion, why we, why we believe what we believe is not because we are going to get good out of it. Um, it's not. Why we believe what we believe is not for selfish gain. Why we believe what we believe is for the Lord. It is for this almighty being who has chosen us and loves us even though we're evil and sinful. Um, and, and his power is so great and yet he chooses us every day and that is enough as it is. Now it's just a bonus and added mercies and added greatness that he saves us from these fiery furnaces that we're in. But I think my challenge to myself especially is like, don't just believe in the Lord because you think he's going to do something good for you. Believe in the Lord because he is powerful, because he has created you, because he has sent himself in human form to die for me, for how evil I am. Um, 
another thing that really sticks out to me is that it says not even a hair on their head was singed. Like not even a hair. Like God is so particular. And if you think ever in your mind, like, oh, like God has so many people. Like I know I felt like, does God even hear my prayer? Like so many people are praying right now. But that goes to show you that God doesn't just pick and choose one person to listen to at one time. There were three people in that furnace. I mean, then there were four. And yet God specifically cared for each one of the three at the same time. And and was so detailed to even point out each hair on their head. Even to point out the smell, the aroma of nothing, of no fire. Um, I don't know. God is just so particular. And noticing these small details, even in my life, just makes me go, huh, you're pretty interesting, God. Like, he's interesting. He's crazy. He's crazy. What is more crazy than dying for, for, for people that are so evil? Like, yeah. Sacrifice yourself for someone who does great things or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he sacrificed himself because he loves us. He loves us in our brokenness and in our sinfulness and in our ugliness. Um, but we're made new and we're children of God. And because of that, we are beautiful. We are walking temples um and we're made in his image and that's enough and with that being said those are some three little stories if you like these little story dive into so if you want to focus more on one specific story let me know i'm off all social media right now probably will be for a while i like it i'm not gonna go back i'm like whatever um but yeah so with that being said uh thank you guys so much for listening i love you Jesus loves you. And that's life.